Welcome to the Beeson Podcast coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Sweeney, here with my co-host, Kristen Padilla. And today we'll be talking with a good friend of ours and an alumna of Beeson, who's an expert in the field of Christian publishing. Kristen, who is this good friend? Thanks, Doug. And hello, everyone. We have on the show Anna Mosley-Gissing. She is Senior Acquisitions Editor at Baker Academic. She, I'm most proud to say, she is on the advisory board for the Center for Women in Ministry at Beeson. And as you've already said, she is a Beeson alumna, as is her husband, Jeff Gissing. Uh, Both are graduates of our school, and they have two children. So welcome, Anna, to the Beeson podcast. Thank you for having me. Very glad to be with you today. Well, you were on the show several years ago now when Timothy George was host and you were with your friend Dave Nelson, who we interviewed and played his interview just the previous week before yours for this two-week series. And so I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners who perhaps didn't hear that episode especially and tell us where you're from, anything about your family and what you're up to these days. Sure. I am originally from Mobile, Alabama. I grew up there and spent my years there until I graduated from high school and have moved around quite a bit as an adult. My family has lived in Alabama, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and now Illinois. And I did meet my husband, Jeff, uh, when we were both students at Beeson in the early 2000s, where we overlapped with Dave Nelson. And that was an added bonus of going to Beeson, meeting my husband there. And yes, we have two children, Nathan and Eliza. They're both in middle school right down the street from us. And we have been in Wheaton, Illinois for about five years. And as you said, I am working for Baker Academic as a senior acquisitions editor. So that's what I'm up to these days. Sounds great to us. And Anna, Kristen's mentioned this already, but we're in a little series here on Uh, alums of Beeson who were involved in the world of publishing. And so the next question for you is, how did you get involved in the world of publishing? Not many people who go to seminary think I'm going to be a publisher, but somehow that happened for you. How did it happen for you? Well, you're right. And many people in publishing didn't plan to go into publishing. And that is true for me as well. After I uh, graduated from Beeson, Jeff and I were both on staff with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, working with grad students and faculty on campuses, and then he was supervising ministry. So we were not in the uh, publishing orbit. Uh, I started taking some classes at Gordon-Conwell, and then I was later asked to serve as a writing instructor for their entering students. So I started out by working with entering seminary students on theological research and writing, helping them think through the scope of an argument, a thesis statement, how to cite sources. And I was really appreciating that work. And then a friend hired me to do some freelance editing for a curriculum company. And then I transitioned in ministry work with InterVarsity away from direct campus ministry to a division that was serving women in the academy. So part of my work there was editing an online publication. So 
through all of those opportunities that overlapped, I realized that God was drawing together all of these threads of interests and experiences that I'd had and passions to make me a good fit for editorial work. So then I applied to to go into full-time editing with IVP, and that was when I transitioned to book publishing. And then I mentioned at the top of the show that you are now at Baker Academic in this um, new position. Tell us what led you to Baker and then what you're doing as, or what does a senior acquisitions editor do? What are you doing in this new role. And for those listeners who are not familiar with Baker Academic, if you could also tell us a little bit about this publishing company. Sure. Baker Academic is a family company. It's one division of a broader publishing company based out of Grand Rapids. Started with a, a couple of brothers opening a bookstore and grew from there over many years. Baker Academic is a leading publisher of academic books, particularly in theology, biblical studies, ministry, missiology. We publish a broad range of resources for students from entering college students to seminary students to scholars, commentaries, textbooks, standalone books, things like that. I came to Baker partly because of the way the senior acquisitions role is envisioned there. So I'll tell you a little bit about what I do. Um, Some of it is very similar to what I did most recently at IVP, but I focus on the part of the process where you start talking with someone about a book idea and work with them to develop a proposal to um, eventually get that idea contracted as um, a book that's actually going to come out and then work with authors to get that first draft developed and revised. Then I hand off that revised draft to a project editor who works with the author through the rest of the process. So um, that's basically what I do at Baker. At IVP, I was both acquisitions and project editor. So One of the reasons for the switch was to give me more time for that more relational part of the journey uh, that I really enjoy and find fascinating and fulfilling. And Kristen and I know a lot about Baker and we're big fans, but for those who don't, what are some of the titles that you've acquired that you're the most excited about? What kind of titles are you trying to acquire these days? Anything particularly exciting about the prospects of acquisitions work at Baker that you could share with us? I am working on quite a few books that are already contracted and um, in all different disciplines. So that's one of the things that's really fun about being an editor is um, reading in a lot of different areas. Um, I just finished working on a draft on Augustinian apologetics and thinking through what Augustine might have to say today about how we talk about the gospel and win over uh, folks in our current context, which I found really interesting. Um, And then there's another one that I'm working on that's about writing and how you develop your own writing as part of a conversation and a way to help students think of it um, as something less intimidating. We all know how to have conversations and what to do next sort of intuitively with practice. And so this author is talking about how to build some of those skills with our writing so that it doesn't seem so stilted or rule oriented. So those are a couple that um, I'm really looking forward to. 
Well, our listeners should know that you have edited quite a number of books already in your previous role at IVP, including some award-winning books. The one that comes to mind is Esau McCauley's uh, Reading While Black book. And um, I know that you were working on a project at IVP that my husband was a part of, and he sang your praises and was so sad to lose you as an editor. Um, but I'm curious, Anna, uh, what you look for in an author. So when someone approaches you with a book idea, or even perhaps what you're looking for in a proposal, what is it that you wish authors or potential authors knew that even would perhaps help them in the whole pitching a book and the editorial process? Sure. I think probably two different answers for pitching and then the editorial process. I think it's helpful for potential authors to remember that editors are people too, and they can just treat us as if we're human beings because we are, and it's not, it doesn't have to be an intimidating conversation. It's just a way for an author to express what they're passionate about, what their interests are, why their message needs to get to readers. That being said, it's helpful to try to rein in that passion to a shorter statement about what you're writing about so that it's really important to practice getting down the gist of your argument to a few minutes, five or less. If you can't, then that's not a good sign. You'll be able to reach an audience with your work. So practice that part. I would say it's also important to just do some research about different publishers, look and see what they're publishing, look and look at their catalogs, look at their websites, Look at the spines on the books that you have at your home so that you can get a sense of what might be a fit for which publisher, because we don't all publish the same types of books. So the more background work you can do in advance, the more um, we appreciate that. So that's a little bit about pitching. And then the editorial process, I would say two things. Editors are for you. They are your advocates. And our desire is always for the strongest book to reach the readers that you have in mind. So it's easy to think of, to kind of be sensitive to suggestions for editorial changes. But I think if you can keep in mind that we're on the same side, we're partners together for this common goal of um, getting your book out to readers, that's helpful. And also, uh, it tends to take a while. I think that it always takes longer from the draft in to the book on the shelf than people remember. And so it's, it's good to keep in mind that there are a lot of different steps to the process. And especially today, when they, we have a paper shortage and we have shipping issues, it can, it can add on to that, that time frame. So, Developing patience is good. It's a fruit of the spirit. So <laughs> you got to work on that. God will sanctify you through that waiting process. In terms of what I look for in an author, you know, I don't really have a specific answer for that. I love getting to know potential authors and thinking of that relationship as a long-term one, not just about a specific project. Um, so that's really a joy for me to figure out who people are, what makes them tick, what audiences are they the most suited to writing for, um, how might their research and their expertise overlap with something that we need. 
So even if a particular project won't work for Baker Academic, I don't think that's, you know, a waste of time because you're developing a relationship that perhaps will work for the next project. And when we get the privilege of having alumni on the program, we like to ask them about their Beeson memories. And I wonder if I could ask you a retrospective question, kind of looking back on the last 20 years or so of your life and work and ministry. Um, can you see in retrospect ways in which your studies at Beeson prepared you for the work for the ministry you're doing now? And beyond that, uh, any favorite memories of Beeson you might want to share with our listeners? So Beeson prepared me in a way that I just would never have expected. I think about when I first started in acquisitions in biblical studies, the very first people that I reached out to were friends that I had at Beeson who are now professors all over the United States and some in the UK. And that's where I started my networks with my friends that I had kept up with from Beeson. Quite a few people that I was around with are now professors. Um, and that's where I started. And that's key for acquisitions is knowing people that are authors of your books. Um, I also developed a lifelong interest in New Testament studies when I was at Beeson, took some advanced Greek with Dr. Thielman and um, have kept up that interest uh, going through the years. And so I really can see looking back how what what I thought was just developing friendships at Beeson has really helped me in this this profession of mine that I've found myself in. Anna, I mentioned that you're on the advisory board of the Center for Women in Ministry, and you and I had conversations about it before it ever was a thing. And uh, you are someone who has a ministry beyond publishing, um, writing, speaking, teaching, uh, preaching in the church. And I know you too are passionate about training women for ministry. I wonder if you can uh, take a few minutes just to um, share with our listeners uh, some of that passion uh, that you and I have talked about and why uh, you are um, involved in the work that we're doing with the center. Yeah, I mean, I came to Beeson not really knowing what kind of ministry um, God was calling me to. And so my time at Beeson involved lots of wrestling with vocation and ministry, especially as it relates to being a woman. Um, and I had some hard conversations and hard things happen um, in the church and with other people. And I think that shaped me and formed in me a passion to help mentor women, to help them think through what God might call, be calling them to do. And so that kind of went with me as I started in campus ministry, working with men and women, and then later with women in the academy, um, just trying to think through what are some of the challenges or obstacles that women in particular run into when they are living out God's call, whether that's in the academy, in the church, some other kind of job, mostly at home, all the different ways that you can think about vocation. I think um, that passion for women and for the the challenges that they face has stayed with me. And so when I move to publishing. I think that one of my great joys has been to pursue women scholars as authors um, to try to help connect uh, their books with more readers. 
And yes, we talked about the center before it existed. And I've been so excited to see how much God has been doing through the center to, um, to really serve women and help them to flourish as students. And after they finish their time at Beeston. Um, so I feel like it's just really a core passion of mine that has um, been since probably before Beeston, but um, my time at Beeston certainly shaped that. And I'm very excited to be a part of this, the center. We like to end our interviews, Anna, by asking our guests what God has been doing in their lives recently, what God has been teaching them recently uh, that we might conclude with as a way of edifying our listeners. So we ask you, what has the Lord been doing in your life recently? What have you been learning? This is a life lesson that I am continuing to learn, but um, it is just that even though this this profession, editing and publishing is a gift, it's a great gift as I've tried to talk about, it is not uh, where my identity comes from. The Lord um, has taken care of me and has given me grace and has a life for me that is more than my work. And I think, um, especially in vocational ministry, um, those two things can get confusing. Identity can be really tied up in what you're doing for the Lord. So I think, um, God is continually teaching me that rest is a gift that, um, I am not in charge of the universe. <laughs> I am a creature and uh, I am not God. And I, I trust that I will continue to grow in learning that and receiving that rest as a gift and in enjoying the work that he has given me to do without placing all of my identity in it. Great way to conclude. You have been listening to Anna Mosley Gissing. She is the Senior Acquisitions Editor for Baker Academic in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're proud to say she's an alumna of Beeson Divinity School. Anna, thank you very much for being with us today. And listeners, we thank you for tuning in. We love you and we say goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast. Our theme music is written and performed by Advent Birmingham of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. Our engineer is Rob Willis. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our co-hosts are Doug Sweeney and myself, Kristen Padilla. Please subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at beesondivinity.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Thank you.